Yankees for whatever Donald We're listening Trump's to Legal AF, the latest Myers touch. She just signs her name to it and files it like a lawyer, exercising no independent judgment because she doesn't have any. We know that because she's been on cable news attacking the very judge just in real time that she's huh. appearing in front of for Donald <laughs> Trump. Always yeah. a dangerous gambit to huh. play. Joe Dak, so she's wrong for almost all the cases. The only thing right about her was, I don't know, if he thought that a New York jury would 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 want a female lead trial lawyer cross-examining E. Jean Carroll, the 78-year-old woman, now 78-year-old woman who claims she was um, sexually assaulted, raped in a, a Manhattan apartment store dressing room, that maybe they want a female voice. But Lena Hobb is not that kind of person that would engender any kind of um, empathy or sympathy for maturity or authenticity for the jury. The jury, as you know, Ben, but to, to share it with our listeners and followers, one thing is certain, regardless if it's state or federal, doesn't matter the decade that I'm talking about. Juries historically will smell a fraud with a lawyer or a witness a mile away. They will smell inauthenticity and they, they create um, opinions about the lawyers, and if they don't trust the lawyer, which I don't know how they could have trust Alina Haba. I mean, she'd have to start jury selection if she was the lead trial lawyer, doing <laughs> breaking a cardinal sin, which is she'd have to break the fourth wall and say to the jury, "Do you know me? Have you seen me on television? Have you seen me make comments about this judge?" I mean, it's a terrible way to start your your jury selection process. That's her. Joe Tacopina is no better because. He's the wrong guy for the job as well. First of all, I'm not sure having a bulldog male trial lawyer going after E. Jean Carroll on the stand in front of a New York jury is the right look, if you know what I mean. Secondly, he's got his own problem because in, in 2020, he went on or he gave a quote to CNBC in which in this case that he's now the lead trial lawyer as of Tuesday, he said that that the Article One of the or, or uh, the first of the, Article One of the U.S. Constitution, setting the the powers of the presidency, does not include doing an ad hominem attack against somebody that's accusing you of sexual assault. You're not. You're, there's no such thing as the mudslinger in chief. Hmm. You know, taking a really hard tack against Donald Trump. Now, look, I know, I know that uh, Robbie Kaplan, lawyer extraordinaire, rock star lawyer. Is, is trying to figure out whether she can bring that into a courtroom in front of the jury. Um, and I know there's going to be a fight over it, right? There's going to be that motion in limine, the motion to limit pra uh, practice that you and I talk about a lot. He's going to try to keep it out because it's going to be prejudicial. He's going to blow the mind of the jury. It's going to be not – she's going to argue, well, I think what's good for the goose is what's good for the gander. He's representing him now. And these are statements that he's made about my client and about his client before. We think it's relevant. This must be uh, my fight. I'm not sure how Lady Kaplan comes out on that, but I think Robbie tries. And what and what's Takapina going to say to the jury? Well, at one time I uh, didn't trust him and I criticized him, but now I've seen the light and I think he's a good seller. And my client Donald Trump. That's going to be a very hard place for Joe to take. Now I don't know why Donald Trump picked him. So he's using him in a number of cases. He's using him in this potential defamation case on, against Mark Pomerantz, the on, former Vicky. special prosecutor in the Manhattan DA's office, about on, the Vicky, memoir Vicky. that's coming in six months called People vs. Donald Trump. We've already seen him appear there. And as you said earlier, criticized Trump as recently as two weeks ago, representing another Jan 6 insurrectionist lion. 
the one, uh, Julian Cater, who is going to be sued by Brian Sicknick's family because he led to the death of Brian Sicknick in spraying bear spray into that poor Capitol Police officer's face and disabling him. And he, and Brian Sicknick died a day later. And that was, and then in the sentence oh, for Julian Cater, it's a fucking murder charge and terrorism. about to be hired by Donald Trump. In this matter, we're talking about Eugene Carroll said that let my guy off the hook and lower his sentencing because he was just following the big lie perpetrated by people at the highest level. That's Donald Trump. I mean, I joked on my hot take. Joe talks out of so many sides of his mouth that he must keep a list of which cases this. Is this the case where I, I, I trash Donald Trump? To support Donald Trump? Or am I representing Donald Trump for this one? I mean, he's got to really keep it straight, which is weird because I've never in my career ever taken an opposite side of an existing client in another case because I knew it was going to get rammed up my backside at some point I'd lose all credibility with the court and maybe with the jury so wrong, Lena Haba wrong trial lawyer for the I'm job sorry, obviously so radioactive she can't even get into a courtroom radioactive for Donald Trump there, and I think just a little little bit, little bit of a twist you said she may have begged Donald Trump to stay in the case what I think happened is she, she, she committed a Freudian slip at what they call a Freudian slip in Washington she accidentally told the truth she told Robbie Kaplan who we trust implicitly has been on Legal AF podcast before talking about E. Jean Carroll and other things I, I'm leaving the case. Joe Tacopita's coming in out of We've got the fifth day of the trial of Eugene Carroll, I presume, on the new civil rights claims. And I'm not taking that depot. He's taking it. We need a day or two extension. And, you know, Robbie took notes and said, okay, great. But didn't and wanted to cut them off at the pass right now so that there wouldn't be any argument that if he agreed to an extension of time to let Joe Tacopita get up to speed, Remembering that Alina took the first round of Tacopina. And it's been released in transcripts that are now held. Rhymes on the Might of Touch Network and at Legal AF. But Joe's now going to do, I guess, the next round of depositions with E. Jean Carroll. Robbie didn't want to have it throw back in her face that she allowed an extension, and therefore we're going to extend this hard April trial date. Um, for the combined defamation and civil rape case that's now been apparently described by Joe Sacafina. So she wrote a letter. You do a lot of letter writing to judges in the in the in the Southern District. Informing her, informing the judge, you sorry, that you know, there's a new 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 guy coming in. We, we might be cooperative on a day or two on this about a red line in the sand about the trial date. She freaked out, I think. Haba, oh crap, the thing I told her sort of in private is now writ large in a filing of the public document. And then they had to double back and say, no, 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 she's going to stay in. They need, let's just talk trial strategy for the last moment. They need the female lawyer at council table for Donald Trump in a civil race case. I looked at Joe Tacopina's website. He Nobody, no woman, uh, no self-respecting woman would defend him. And it can't be window dressing. The jury He's undefendable. If the jury thinks that the lawyer <laughs> sitting there is only sitting there for window dressing purposes, they feel like they've been had and they get mad. So you've got to have somebody who can do a substantive role in the case. I don't know if they found that. The rumor on the street is they've been dialing around trying to find a female 
sophisticated <laughs> trial lawyer who will jump into the case and pretend show to... and haven't yet been successful. Oh, so I think volunteer to be his lawyer now. and then the they'll trial they happens, counsel they him to plead insanity. That's female with them. That's the only way you're going to avoid. A, another big problem in that case. The electric chair, buddy. graphic imagery before that I'm not going to let you get away with <laughs> being shoved up you know where. I was going to the flag, flag that one. Um, number two, we've got Alina Haba who lies about everything. And Roberta Kaplan, Drug who tells the truth about right? everything. That was 103, so by the way. Who do you believe in that conversation isn't really even a close call. Um, but I'm with you. That trial, that trial is soon. That trial is April. Before we know it, there's going to be jury selection there. Trump's going to try to delay it. Just you watch. You could already see it in Hobbes' letter uh, responding to the judge. The sole reason, the sole reason why we don't, why, why we need to have a meeting about scheduling is because of, or, or not the sole reason, is because of a change of lawyers. But uh, anyway, I um, want to talk about I'm radioactive. this Manhattan District Attorney's radioactive. We said it here, you know, I said, look, I agree with everybody. Um, everyone's frustrations against Alvin Bragg and frustrations may be putting it lightly. I share. I'm with you. But all I was delivering, you know, and we had Alvin Bragg on it. Um, KFA is the number two. Previous number two in the entire Manhattan District Attorney's Office. She interviewed Alvin Bragg. You know, and by the way, I was reading those comments. I saw the criticisms of, of, of him. Um, you know, the only thing that I was saying is, look, I think the criticisms are valid because, you know, like when you have people like Mark Pomerantz and Carrie Dunn out there saying, we were ready to indict, and then this got, this got taken away from us, and you've got Pomerantz putting out a new book that's basically reflective of that as well, and we all know that Trump needs to be held accountable, the only point that I was making is, look, Everything that Bragg seems to be doing is going to criminally indict Donald Bragg's the only district attorney in Don't the be distracted. He's got a criminal conviction. Tell me on tonight. I'm ready to let in the country who have jurisdiction over Trump. It's not like Trump only exists in New York. Uh, he's the only one who's got a successful criminal conviction. So I think that's something. It's not Bragg's fault that the penalty is only $1.6 million. That's the New York State law. He got the max penalty. There are other things that's Bragg's fault. It's Bragg's fault that that's the crime he was trying the Trump orbit for, which is that weak sauce claim. And then people's other criticism of Bragg also was, look, Weisselberg got this sweetheart deal. But even there, one of my points was, but it wasn't like Weisselberg has immunity from all other criminal charges. He could still be convicted on other stuff and go to jail again. It's not like he's relieved of insurance fraud. He pled guilty to certain wow. tax fraud, very narrowly defined tax fraud, and that's it. But Bragg can go and criminally prosecute him on other things. Wow. And Bragg's doing that right now, not criminally prosecuting him, but is utilizing the fact that I'm going to prosecute you again now for insurance fraud. The same type of insurance fraud that we see in New York Attorney General Tisha James' civil lawsuit that she's civilly is criminal 
implications of that, you being the CFO. So I'm going to criminally prosecute you again. Yes, you're in Rikers right now. How do you like Rikers? And now that Weitzelberg's in Rikers, which is like one of the worst places to possibly be in ever and in the country, some of the worst places to be, maybe even in the world, you got Bragg basically saying, look, how, how, how does this feel? You want to cooperate now? And then also impaneling a grand jury in New York that almost certainly is going to criminally indict Donald Trump and sue. And so I just yeah. think you always say this is why the wheels of justice move slowly. Look at what I said. I said, look, if Bragg becomes the first to criminally indict, and um, you know, Bragg becomes the first criminal and goes after Weitzelberg again. It kind of addresses, I think, a lot of those, uh, some of the concerns. At least, Popak, what do you think? Yeah, but I, but, but I think it is, and I'm not here to spell out the brag. I think that's exhausting to try to do that. But I, I think his strategy is now clear. As you said, the only prosecutor in America to get 17 wins against a Trump with criminal conviction. And he didn't need Alvin Bragg to implicate and to um, incriminate Donald Trump in the first trial. Because that first trial wasn't against Donald Trump. It was against Donald Trump's entity, Payroll and Inc. He wasn't a named defendant in that case. So he didn't need uh, Al, he didn't need Alan Weisselberg, the former CFO, to flip for him on that. He needed to tie the organization together to the criminal fraud of tax evasion, which he did, obviously, because the jury came back very quickly with a 17-count conviction. So step one, what it is, what is now apparent to me in Alvin Bragg's process, was to squeeze one quarter of the lemon to get his conviction of the Trump organization, then send Alan Weisselberg away 12 miles, just 12 miles is between the Manhattan DA's office and Rikers Island with the prison where the jail sits, which means you can go visit him a lot. It's not expensive. Some faraway place. Twelve miles down the road in Upper Manhattan, make a right into the, into the river, into the East River off of Queens, and there's Rikers Island. So keeping keeping him close. Now he goes back for the second squeeze of the lemon to go against Donald Trump in the case of Stormy Daniels, and he uses now for the full squeeze, as you said, softening him up. It's like a boxer, you know, working the solar plexus, working the abdomen with body blows for six or eight rounds and then goes for the head and the knockout in the final round. And that looks like what Alvin Bragg's now doing. 78-year-old, 79-year-old uh, Alan Weisselberg, how do you like the three squares a day in Rikers Island, in general population or otherwise? How do you like that? You like that? Because that's where you're going to show Now let's talk about insurance fraud. And now let me put you on the horns of another dilemma. Two dilemmas, Mr. Weisselberg. One, we're going to go after you for insurance fraud because you defrauded um, Zurich Insurance Company in telling them that the insurance on property value that they gave to the company was based on independent appraisals. So when they said, well, how do you know the uh, $500 million or $1.5 billion for that piece of property the front board owns? We'll insure it. You have it backed by an independent appraisal, right? And now it was a lot because there are no independent appraisals. There are no independent appraisals. It's all argument in the mind of Donald Trump, who one day just said, oh, I think Trump Tower is 
worth $2 billion. I think my apartment in Trump Tower is 80,000 square feet and it's only 15,000 square feet. So they lie to Zurich based on that. Zurich is four deep building and set premium at an amount that was fraudulent. The other horn of the dilemma is to protect Ivanka. Now, I don't know directly the relationship between Alan Weisselberg and Ivanka, but Ivanka is in the crosshairs of the insurance fraud itself because she signed applications related to the insurance where they repped and warranted that these independent um, appraisals were done. So if he wants to protect Ivanka, maybe, the daughter, and not sell the rest of the settled in a state prison, then he'll have to cooperate because this isn't five months. This is five to ten years, and he's already a felon convicted. So the sentencing guidelines in New York go up even higher for what would be his second conviction in less, in less than a year. So Calvin Bragg has him by the and is squeezing out at the moment he needs to, which is to have him testify about Stormy Daniels. What is the link between Weisselberg and Stormy Daniels? Weisselberg, longtime CFO, Chief Financial Officer. Michael Cohen, friend and fellow podcaster, has already testified and is cooperating with the Manhattan DA's office with its new special grand jury that no money moved, Sucka. no money flowed in the Trump organization without Alan Weisselberg knowing about it and without Donald Trump approving Sucka. it. He testified that Donald Trump yeah. told him to go pay off Stormy Daniels during the 2016 uh -huh. campaign. Yeah. Uh, sort of a Pretty catch and kill program. So wonder what all the Christian so fundamentalists think about that. You know, about the affair that I had with her. Oh and yeah, here's the dollars out of your own God's gift. You really think Michael he's God's gift, lawyer, mother stupid motherfuckers? That's what happened. Michael Cohen broke the check for one hundred thirty thousand dollars out of yeah, the account of Michael stupid. Cohen, who went ultimately to Stormy Daniels to her lawyer. But he got Michael he Cohen got, he got people otherwise normal people to do stupid things. A ledger and. Entry in He's their like that. that said legal retainer or legal services rendered. That wasn't a payment to Michael Cohen for legal services rendered, which Michael testified under oath. That was a reimbursement for the Stormy Daniels payment. That they have in documentary evidence with Alan Weisselberg approving it, because he approved all the books and records. And the controller, Mr. McConney, is going to also be, of course, the crosshairs on that. So you're looking at basically life or death in prison, a death sentence, Mr. Weisselberg, if you don't testify. And we're going to go after Ivanka Trump as well. Won't you cooperate now? That's the two-step process. That's the two-step fruit squeeze that I think Alvin, uh, I think Alvin Bragg is doing. And to paraphrase our, our illustrious colleague, Carrie that I love, in an in a interview that she gave yeah, to the New York Times in mid-January, Alvin Bragg year one, we could all take shots on it. Alvin Bragg, the start of year two of his administration, of his of his tenure, he's starting to get his sea legs. And nothing gets your sea legs faster than a 17-count felony conviction win against an entity owned by Donald Trump. Couldn't agree more with you there. And so with David Pecker going, I mean, all these names, too, man. I just I got to reflect on them. I think it's Picard, but I don't care. I like David Pecker. You got, you got <laughs> Pecker and the... Stormy Daniels, Donald Trump. I've actually heard Stormy this already. You, you, can't, you can't make this stuff up. Um, we're going to see more witnesses testifying before this criminal grand jury. 
I am sure, one of the offerings we have here at the Midas Touch Network, as well as Michael Cohen and I will have a podcast called Political Beatdown, uh, where, I mean, look, it's not every day you have the witness in political the beat, criminal beat case. Political Beatdown, that's what it is. I always forget what uh, uh, A former president as political a Political bitch slap. We got that here at the Midas Touch Network, and Cohen's become a very good friend of mine. Uh, and just a great all So check that out. Political Beatdown, wherever you get your podcast. If you like legal AS, you probably like Political Beatdown, the new podcast on the Midas Touch Network. Hell um, yeah. What you'll also like is oh, yeah. the uh, Political Beatdown, if you will, and the Criminal Beatdown, if you will, of George. Oh, Sanchez, yeah. Uh, where a fraud will get their just desserts here. And, you know, Santos is just a horrific human being at every level. I mean, not about every aspect. It's just the sick, sick lies about mother dying in 9 11, mom survived 9 11. None of it even close to being true. Shit, mom, even in the country. Oh, yeah. Dad survived 9 11. Who survived post 9 11. Grandparents were Holocaust survivors. A total lie that he was Jewish. A total lie that he worked in these jobs and that job. Went to this school. Oddly specific. Baruch volleyball. The, 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 the new weird one is explosive. Like Spider-Man. And that that the failed. This is perfect. There was a tremendous, tremendously uh, well-known, notorious failed Broadway show called Spider-Man After Dark. That was in New York at the time. It was like one of the highest um, capital raised for a Broadway show. So everybody thought it was going to be successful. $80 million to put on Spider-Man After Dark. Spider-Man was plagued with the ghosts of theater past. Spider-Men fell and hurt themselves during practice and rehearsals. This thing was like, you know, doomed to fail. Overall, people used to, this is bad, people in New York used to go get tickets to watch it to see what mishap would happen on stage because the set was so complicated and the uh, the aerial flying around. This is a Broadway show that George Santos has now claimed that he was a producer of, meaning he raised money. <laughs> and, of course, the real executive producer of the show um, denied any connection at all. I think he just takes your bio, Ben, and just comes up with versions of it and then lies about it. And that's why, you know, I, 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 I love what I do at Midas Touch too much, but I've been so tempted, because that's my home district, so it's a congressional district. I've been so tempted, I was like, like, he literally lies about the things that I actually do. I said, so if I go to that third I'd be a good foil. I went to the third congressional district and I ran for Congress. But I think that, I, I, I honestly, I mean this is good. I think the work we do at the Midas Touch Network, the work that you and I do at Legal AF, I, I think is a, is a truly a, a larger and more significant platform than what I could yeah. actually accomplish if I ran for that third congressional seat. And so oh, shit, no. I, I don't think I'm going to do that. But I toy with it every now and then. I was like, I would love, I would love to just. Did you know? Did you know? And Doing I both. Because of George Santos, who we're going to talk about now, whether he should stay. You're like Hugo Chavez. Did you know you don't actually have to live in the district? 
at the time that you're running. You have to eventually be there. But you know, it's, local government is different. A lot of local government, you gotta like live in the district. You don't. You could do it from California. Well, I, I think there's different states <laughs> have different. You know, but um, it's a work in progress. <laughs> And do both continue reporting with Midas Touch, but also do your job as a senator. Now that is... What is that? Huh. It's been like red. Huh. They're sensory. Wow. There's like a red line through my stuff. That was weird. I took a picture of that. Censoring me. So I'm cutting that part out that's censored. It's a work in progress in my mind. So, four more years. Four more. <laughs> so we've talked about DeSantis being investigated for campaign finance. Uh, no, Santos. Not San you said DeSantis. All, DeSantis, I'm sure, will be investigated for campaign finance fraud one day. So it's all. They're all this. You know, they're all DeSantos, Santos, Santos. But yeah, we've talked about Santos being investigated for uh, campaign finance fraud and what we talked about on the last episode where the Department of Justice told the FEC, don't file anything yet, we've got this. And one of the main issues they're looking at is Santos uh, claiming that he loaned his campaign $700,000, but it seems to just be an end run around the campaign finance limitations of $5,800 per election cycle uh, for 5600 2800 in the primaries and then 2800 in the general elections, um, and basically pooling this money and then claiming he loaned it to himself, but in fact um, it came from outside sources. It, it seems so obvious. Um, there's also, you know, he's uh, tried to do end run arounds disclosures by making all of his payments $199 in costs so he wouldn't have to provide receipts for things, which just, again, uh, you can't do that. There's so many campaign finance violations. He's going to be prosecuted for that. It's just a matter of when, not if. Then the new one that the FBI and the Eastern District of New York federal prosecutors opened up 
the story we've talked about on the Midas Touch Network before, but now they're the criminal investigation. Santos had a fake charity, it's not a real charity, called like Pets of the World United or some ridiculous name like that. Was not a 501c3, he was not registered. He lied and claimed it was registered. That alone is a crime. But what he would use this for was gray, disabled military veterans. This is who the this is who a Republican is in 2023 right now. Because they elevated him, they promoted him to committees. Granted, he removed himself from committees, but the Republicans support this stuff. They, they were aware of this stuff when they put him on committees. And so he created a sham charity that preyed on military veterans uh, in the most insidious of, and despicable of ways, too. I mean, preying on military veterans at all is disgusting. But what he would do is he would say that their pets got sick. Uh, he would provide life-saving services for their pets. And so with this one individual, for example, Ostaf, who has the text messages, disabled homeless veteran whose Pitbull Mix, Sapphire was the name of the Pitbull Mix, um, was developing a tumor and was going to be euthanized if there was not a surgery. And Santos said, let me help you. Let's do a GoFundMe. Put up the GoFundMe. And it's the most sympathetic facts. Disabled homeless veteran dog has a tumor so you raise thousands and thousands of dollars and then when the disabled homeless vet went to actually two get or three the surgery thousand. santos is like I, I don't you know first santos would send him to places and the places would be like we don't know what you're talking about like we don't we, we who's pets united we you want to pay us we'll do the surgery but we're not just going to do the surgery for free and so santos would give him the end run you know the runaround and then finally, the military veteran said, I realize what you're doing to me. You're, you're defrauding me. And then Santo sent him, like, these horrible text messages, like, you are selfish. How dare you? Why are you being so needy? Pets, huh. pets of the world united, or whatever the fake charity is called. You know, we care about these issues. Our reputation is on the line. Anyway, there's wire fraud, mail fraud, a ton of fraud there that the FBI is investigating and uh, Santos will be prosecuted undoubtedly for that as well. Um, no indictment yet, but like, how low can you go? How low can you go? Preying on disabled military vets by lying to them about getting life-saving care for their dogs. By the way, Sapphire died and ended up getting euthanized because didn't get surgery. Um, just like horrific. Just like a horrific human being at every level and the MAGA Republicans are like, Santos is great. We love, we love <laughs> Santos. <laughs> so Let's talk about how to remove him. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not buying that he made a decision on his own. Very cool somebody off his Vengeance somewhere. I told him you're embarrassing the speaker. You need to kind of step down because the speaker's position is that we're going to we're going to do a full ethics investigation. No, then they'll lose their plus one point. So that's not a great sign that all of that original um, vote. wagon circling that you and I talked about a couple of weeks ago where Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene were treating him as like their little buddy, their little brother, their little <laughs> plus one for every vote is now sort of, you're off your committees. I don't think that was yeah. his own thought process. This is not by way of defense. It's just my comment. I don't feel... But he's got a mental disorder. I don't know what it is. 
but there's no way that a, a, a rational human being that's not somehow pathological or psychotic or whatever would, would create this many lies that are so easily refuted and so easily corroborated that they are lies in one lifetime, in one two-year period of time, uh, without having some sort of mental disorder. I don't know what it is, but I'm qualified to give that. Place up this podcast with something that's seriously wrong with George Santos. How do you remove somebody? We've talked about who's going to catch up faster, the, the House and have so many facts in front of them that they can't deny it any longer, or the criminal prosecutor. Brazil restarting their pr- criminal prosecution, five to ten year sentence for the uh, identity theft and check, bad check writing that he did in Brazil. Younger. West Westchester District Attorney, because it happened in her district, Letitia James. She doesn't like to kind of lie and drift to people to raise funds and, uh, and get elected as a result. Eastern District, as you said, Department of Justice telling the FEC Federal Election Commission, we got this. Step aside, we're looking at it from a criminal perspective. But we go to the Constitution for a moment. The Constitution is very good. We are in a pocket. Little pocket uh, versions of it. Article 1, Section 5 says that each house may determine its own rules. We just did all the whole rules package thing, and McCarthy was finally out on the 15th round, speaker. And continue the phrase in Article 1, Section 5 punish its members for disorderly behavior, not crime, and remove them on a two thirds vote. To ex- it's called actually expel. Expel them! In the House, it's 291 votes to expel. Well, we know all the Republicans, oh, sorry, all the Democrats will vote for that, so that's 220 and a quarter. And then you've got, you got to figure out how to get 70 non-MAGA Republicans, and I think they still exist, to support <laughs> a resolution yeah, good luck. to remove under Article 1, Section 5. It is a completely self-policing entity, the House and the Senate. We can't do anything about it. No taxpayer can file a lawsuit. No judicial watch can file a lawsuit. Nobody can move. There's no impeachment proceeding. It is this one thing, this one circuit breaker that the Founding Fathers put in. It's been used. I've seen the numbers sort of all over the place in my research. I'll take it from the Senate historian. There's been 19 examples since the founding of our country where an ex- a removal or expulsion has happened. Every, almost every one of them was during the Civil War, when the Civil War people, kind of like what we talked about, about not have the ability to run for office. Being, uh, forget the phrase at the moment, but uh, not being qualified, disqualified to run for office because of previously supporting uh, insurrection against the against the, the country. But there have been some examples, including sort of recent examples, of people being removed by that kind of vote. James Traficante, the late now but disgraced member from Ohio who got convicted of false tax returns, illegal contributions, obstruction, and racketeering. Okay, but you could, you could, let me. Note two. Um, Marcellus. 
Um, hot, hot on the trail of Trump going to jail. Shared to Trista for Congress and Trista for Governor underscore POTUS 2024 and Trista Artista. Okay. Oops, I forgot to. Uh... Okay, sure. but you could, you could, let me just explain this. Well, even with all those convictions, except I think if you're in jail, maybe, you still got to be About expelled from the House or you're still a sitting member. One. It doesn't say if you're, auto, there's no auto eject button in the Constitution that says if you're convicted of a crime, even if you're sitting in the penitentiary, that you're no longer a House member. So the House and the Senate have to get around to exercising and invoking their rights and this procedure under Article 1, Section 5. My prediction is that there's just going to be so much overwhelming evidence, as there has been, and so many prosecutions, that either George Santos is going to resign because they're going to twist his arm to resign, which is usually what happens. Usually what happens when there is a move afoot to do an Article 1, Section 5 removal or expulsion. Usually that member gets the hint and the writing on the wall, and to save some face, they resign. When they don't, they go through the process. I think he gets ultimately removed or resigned. Don't stop the prosecutions. Shouldn't stop the prosecutions. But I think that is how the, I think the end of George Santos, or whatever his name is, in the House of Representatives, ends with a, a whimper, not a bang, but him resigning or the vote to expel. They'll certainly get all the Democrats. They just got to pick up 70 or so Republicans. Republicans deserve absolutely no credit for anything they've done with Santos. They are in bed with Santos. They are the party of George Santos. And we need to make sure that voters know that each and every day. If Santos was in the Democratic Party, he would have won. He wouldn't have even made it in, into a Democratic uh, to be our nominee. And the moment we got wind of any of this, he'd be out in a, in a second in a second, um, it is utterly despicable to have, uh, but this is who he is. I mean, it's, it's just another, you know, 
is 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 it really you know I, I I said DeSantis, but is it really much more different you know than all of these frauds? I mean, you got DeSantis talking about I'm giving tax breaks for stoves and gas stoves. These people are idiots. It's just it's just it's just idiocracy. It's stupidity. There are so many real important issues that we need to focus on as a country. We need to be focused on jobs. We need to be focused on health care. We need to be focused on education. We need to make sure that we are building our infrastructure. We need to bring in, uh, we need to bring manufacturing jobs here to the country. We need to be protecting a woman's right to control her body. We need to be taking care of our veterans. We need to be focused on real issues and the stupid idiocracy of George Santos and all this dumb crap I see from Republicans every, every day. And they're just constant violations of law. They're thumbing their nose in the constitution, calling for the constitution to be terminated. Donald Trump reposting statements, calling for a violent civil war. And then all these other Republicans saying he's the leader of the party. It, enough is enough. And I'm glad that we're calling it out here on the Midas Touch Network and specifically calling it out here on Legal AF Popak. Great spending this time chatting with you on this weekend. want to thank all of our listeners and viewers for watching. Check out Killing County. If you haven't watched it on Hulu, let me know what you think. And please do me a favor after you watch it. Please post about it on social media. Talk about it on social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Um, let me know what you think about it. Use the hashtag Killing County. Spread the word about Killing County. It's really, really, really a vital, vital docuseries that I think is important on so many levels. And I'm so proud to be a part of it. Make sure you subscribe to Legal AF uh, wherever you can get to your uh, audio in addition to video. Subscribe here on the YouTube channel. If you listen on audio, check out our YouTube channel. If you watch on YouTube, please search for the audio and check it out wherever you get audio. Search Legal AF um, and make sure you leave a five-star review there. You can check out store.midastouch.com as well, S-T-O-R-E dot for the best pro-democracy merch. People love the Legal AF merch. Check it out. Get your Legal AF merch at store.midastouch.com. You can also check us out at patreon.com slash midastouch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash midastouch. Support independent media. One of the ways you can do that is by, by becoming a member of our Patreon site. Um, we do things like uh, exclusive Zoom chats with <clears throat> my younger brothers. Okay. You've got a pull flat up. roof like this one right here, and you don't want to spend tens you got of flat roof. of thousands of dollars. They engaged in crimes. So anybody who writes the declaration is going to be criminally prosecuted for lying. And if they tell the truth, they're going to be confessing. So there is no favorable witness, or at least none that come to mind. Uh, anybody who will testify. So it's going to be, this civil trial, a very, very, very problematic. <laughs> I think what they're going to try to do is, if I understand their trial strategy, defense trial strategy, they're going to try to bring in all of the banks and the insurance companies who are at the heart of the fraud, right? She's bringing it, Letitia James, New York Attorney General under 63-12, is bringing the case on, on behalf of victims, if you will, who were victimized by the insurance fraud, appraisal fraud, real estate fraud, where they you know, inflated the value of real estate in order to get insurance at a certain rate um, and to get loans and assets that were inflated 
through Donald Trump's imagination and basically everything else, and then deflated the price of the same property in order to save on taxes. What about the tax issue? They've always argued, there's no victims here. The banks are sophisticated parties that are not suing, haven't sued, don't, have not claimed that they were defrauded. Insurance companies, apparently the same. So they're going to try to bring in, I've seen this done in criminal cases by the SEC when I was in my prior life, when I was in house counsel for a company that had a former employee who got nailed in an SEC criminal investigation, where he won in Connecticut by bringing in people sophisticated trading counterparties, if you will, who said that basically they were not defrauded or they would have done the trade anyway. So they're going to bring in, I assume, a bunch of former bankers and former whatevers who are going to say, yeah, we didn't like it, but we would have done the deal with them anyway. We weren't defrauded, and we don't feel that we um, overpaid or overloaned or over-whatever because of Donald Trump's actions. I assume that's going to be on the witnesses. And do so, but the New York Attorney General James is going to remind the jury that the victim, she said this in her press release, is the state of New York. By Trump engaging in all of these phony and financial dealings and inflating the value of his properties, he was able to take advantage of other New Yorkers. He was able to skew uh, through fraudulent means the markets to give himself all of these advantages, which ultimately resulted in advantages in, in paying less taxes and can't uh, defraud insurance companies and defrauding also the state of New York, you know, through, through means of like declaring a deduction for easements based on valuations that should never have, you know, that, that should never have taken place in the first place. So, yes. In a sophisticated party, is one of the parties, uh, you know, partially responsible for appropriate diligence. Uh, potentially, you could try to make that argument, but ultimately, who are the victims here? The victims are the people in the state of New York. The victims are when an entity is going around engaging in crimes. They are, they are harming the entire state and people of the state who are abiding by the law. That's the point of having those laws in the first place. You know, and so I think that's what's going to come out over and over again. And again, without a Trump invoking the Fifth Amendment, it's going to be a very, very, very rough one for Trump. Now, we got a lot to talk about. We've got to talk about Alina Hoppe. Um, again, we, 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 we've touched on it slightly. Is she out? Donald Trump has brought in another lawyer, Joe Takapina, in the E. Jean Carroll case. we got to also talk about the district attorney in paneling a criminal grand jury presenting evidence now. Most of all, is in the cases I've talked to police, the criminal indictment is coming out of the district attorney's office against Donald Trump. And of course, we got to talk about everybody's uh, fan favorite in the Midas Touch. Has everybody seen Killing County yet? You've seen the poster uh, behind me. Killing County is uh, is the new show on Hulu that uh, I executive produced with Colin Kaepernick, Robe Embriano, Monica Del Rosa from ABC, an incredible team at Hulu uh, and ABC News. It's doing 
great on uh, on Hulu right now. If you haven't watched it, make sure you watch Killing County. It focuses on the crime, corruption, uh, and police shootings that take place in Bakersfield and in Kern County, which just so happens to be Kevin McCarthy's district. It's harrowing, it's tragic, it's inspiring seeing uh, all of these families coming together and exposing the corruption, and it's told through a true crime lens. It's called uh, Killing County. Uh, again, Bakersfield, you have the highest police shooting deaths in the country. You've got the highest homicide and murder rate in the country. you got the highest crime in the country, and all of that is in Kevin McCarthy's uh, district. Uh, let me know what you think about the show and spread the message about Killing County. Um, and before we talk about some of these other topics, I'm going to toss it to one of our other co-anchors, Jordy Micellis, who's a fan favorite message from some of our sponsors. Jordy, take it away. And we'll have to take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Z-Biotics. Do you ever take a workout because of strength tonight? Well, me too. If you're committed to a healthier future, you need Z-Biotics. Z-Biotics free alcohol probiotic is the the walls. Well, our sponsor, Fume, is on a mission to accept eyes about everything. Fan favorites. I like Jordy a lot. He's probably the favorite host of the game right now, based on the face of those So we talked about Alina Haba before the sponsor break, and we explained that she was not at the emergency hearing. When asked why she wasn't there, one of the lawyers was like, oh, she just couldn't make it in time. She would obviously be there. In her past appearances, you know, she's a, she's a horrible lawyer in, in every aspect. In, in many ways, she's the worst lawyer Donald Trump's actually ever had, including the one that Giuliani farted on. What's her name? Jenna Ellis. Like, Jenna Ellis is, is not as smart as Haba, but she doesn't really pretend to be. Like, she sat there and took that Giuliani fart right to the face and was just like, I'm okay with this. Like, I'm okay with this. Like, Alina Haba pretends that she's smart and she gives the slight appearance that, you know, she she knows what she's talking about. She, she doesn't. She, she, she knows less than Jen Ellis. You think she's worse? You think she's worse for Trump than John Smith? Or Rudy or Sidney Powell? A worse, a worse lawyer. I'm not worse for Trump. Um, but but she's 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 just a, she's really bad. Like Eastman. Yeah, you're right. They're all really bad. <laughs> I, 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 you know, Giuliani. You can't choose one. You can't have it's like a potato chip. You can't just eat one. I can't choose one. But you know, get Trump criminally indicted. You're all right. Lose Trump million dollars. We got some real problems. Here, you know. So, and that's where Alina Hopp is at. You know, Alina Hopp's oh. approach there too. Like, when she would show up to court uh, with Engoron, Engoron oh, in a case that was very, um, in a case that clearly Donald Trump's uh, engaged in all this horrible conduct. And Engoron doesn't like the conduct that he sees Trump engaged in. And she would just like yell at the judge. And so Christopher Keis, Trump's lawyer who showed up, had basically a whole different approach with the judge, kind of like all shucks, right? Like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, we, we'll work this out. Let's all get together. I got you. Whereas Alina Haba would yell at Ngoron because she would think it's Fox or OAN or one of those shows, and Ngoron would be like, 
you know, I'm going to sanction you. You know, I'm going to hold Trump in contempt. And Agoran did, you know, while Hamba was representing him in the special proceeding. Um, but then you also look at the Eugene Carroll case and Roberta Kaplan filed a document. Roberta Kaplan is Eugene Carroll's lawyer. And the document that she filed a lawyer breach to the book on the heels of Eugene Carroll's deposition just wrote, look, we got this notice, we got this call from uh, Haba who said she's withdrawing from the case and that they're bringing in Akapinas and that they wanted a brief delay on the deposition. Said, we have trials set in April. We're okay with Haba withdrawing. We just want to make sure that this is a delay to trial there. And then Haba then wrote a letter back basically saying, I'm not actually out. is going to be the lead trial lawyer. I'm still clinging on. I'm still, I'm still around. I'm still in the orbit. Um, and the sole reason that we need to talk about but the sole reason isn't because of uh, the change of lawyers. But they clearly want to move that trial. And you saw it in Abba's response letter when she used the term, the sole reason why we want to talk about scheduling. And so Habba lies about everything. Obviously, Habba called Kaplan and said, I'm withdrawing. And then she begged Donald Trump to, like, stay on in some capacity. You know, and they're just playing games, you know. And so Roberta Kaplan did the right thing, sent a letter to the court. So really two things to talk about. She's an agent of chaos, whatever, you know, doesn't really matter. She, she's not a trial lawyer. She won't be able to try the case. Takapin is going to try the case regardless. But I guess to me, Popak, what's more interesting has been your hot takes on Takapina, this new Trump lawyer, who's taken multiple adverse positions, one in the insurrectionist entity and the other in this very specific case. And it's odd because... You know, lawyers can have different clients, but like direct adverse positions, it's it's it, it, it comes very close to the line of an unwaivable conflict. Um, it comes very close. Um, what do you think? Yeah, so Joe, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's this is what happens when lawyers who are practicing lawyers are also TV commentators and talking heads about the very same matters that they one day may want to be engaged you have to retire become a legal commentator what we do is be a legal commentator but never take a case for somebody that we critique on the show because it's going to come back to bite you and the client in the butt including maybe in court if Robinson plays the old case or quotes from Joe Tacatino legal commentator now the lead trial counsel for it. So not to belabor the point when it Joe Takapina, bulldog lawyer to the stars, has represented every rapper around, has represented A-Rod, represented the guy that was accused of killing the poor uh, co-ed down in the Bahamas a number of years ago. He takes controversial cases. He was a prosecutor, I think, in the Bronx. He's got a good trial representation, but this is yet another example of Donald Trump picking the wrong lawyer for the wrong case. In the case of Alina Hoppe, she's not qualified really to handle any sophisticated. She's just a puppet mouthpiece 
who is going to be sued by Brian Sicknick's family because he led to the death of Brian Sicknick in spraying bear spray into that poor Capitol Police officer's face and disabling him. And, he, and Brian Sicknick died a day later. And that was, and then in the sentencing for Julian Cater, Joe Tacopina, maybe forgetting that he was about to be hired by Donald Trump in this matter we're talking about, Eugene Carroll, said that let my guy off the hook and lower his sentencing because he was just following the big lie perpetrated by people at the highest level. That's Donald Trump. I mean, I joked on my head, Joe talks about so many sides of his mouth that he must keep a list of which case is this. Is this the case where I'm, I, I trash Donald Trump to support one other client, or is, am I representing Donald Trump for this one? I mean, he's got a